Welcome to Hillside Community Church's weekly podcast. We're glad that you've chosen to listen to this week's message and hope that it ministers to you today. Hillside's located in Keller, Texas, and if you would like to know more about us or to listen to previous recordings, please visit us at yourhillside.com. And now, this week's message. Well, good morning. Well, today's a special day. It's an exciting day. Uh, This time of year, every year, we sort of lay out our vision. We do a little series that explains a little bit where we've been in it. And, uh, but this is the day in the month of January where we make our uh, financial promise to our building fund. Uh, it's giving that's above and beyond our regular giving. We fill out cards and uh, bring them in together so that we sort of have a feel for what the year is going to look like. We've been doing this, believe it or not, for eight years. And every year, God provides through those commitments, what we need to handle our mortgage, because we handle our mortgage separate from our our general fund. So this moment here allows us the opportunity to figure out how, you know, to make sure we can pay our mortgage every year, to pay down principal every year, and also to save for future building. Uh, And so I want to do two things this morning. First of all, I want to uh, thank you for another year of doing that because we were able to accomplish what we need to. And we're going to reveal a few more things about that uh, and celebrate God's provision through you. So we appreciate it. Uh, Today is exciting because we have finally, I think, prioritized what our future, uh, at least as it relates to building phases, is going to look like. We have had finally got an architect's rendering, which we tried to get done all year long. And uh, let me say a few things about this last year. Uh, uh, and let me, let me first of all say, if you're a guest with us, you just, and you have no idea what I'm talking about or why anyone would be on your first Sunday, talk about this. Just hang in there, all right? Hang in there. Uh, this last year has been both a very tough and transforming year uh, for our leadership. A number of things have happened. We've made personnel adjustments. We have uh, internally reorganized as, as a staff. We have refreshed the vision of Hillside Community Church, which you'll see in just a moment. Uh, we have developed a, a new church-wide strategy for making disciples. All of that in 2016, and it has been an, a heck of a journey. We've been rolling it out starting January 8th, and we have a, uh, at least one more, maybe two Sundays of uh, continuing to tease that out for you. It, the response has been wonderful. We've had two people give their lives to Christ in the last two weeks, and we have had a number of you go to the back and say, yeah, I'm ready to disciple people. I should have been doing that long ago, and I haven't. Um, So we're very excited. Uh, This is what we're called to do as a church. And some of the approach we're taking right now, at least as the way we're rolling it out, has sort of grown out of our study of Mark, which we were in for three and a half years. We watched the disciples struggle to figure out what it meant to follow Jesus. And even though they were with him every day for three years, uh, they still battled figuring out what it meant to follow him. By the time Jesus rises from the dead, they're nowhere to be found. Uh, they're, they're in need. 
And so when Jesus rises from the dead, we saw that he asks to meet them back in Galilee and sort of start the journey over. And so they begin again. And last week, uh, we began to tease out what it looks like to begin again, uh, to start over. Because many people, as we've seen, identify themselves as Christian, but they've never been invited to, to be a disciple of Jesus. They've never been invited or no one's ever trained them for what it means to be a Christian. And so you can imagine what happens to a spiritual life that gets introduced to Jesus Christ, but then somehow never figures out from him how to live the Christian life. Well, that's devastating to a spiritual life. And it's not what God intended at all. And so... uh, We never get around to living the life Jesus intended for us. So our vision is, as a church, is for people not to think of eternal life as a place you get to one day, uh, as a destination, or even on a temporal level, a duration, you know, that's just going to last forever. Because it's more than a geographical marker, and it's more than a temporal marker. It's beyond that. It's relational. John 17, 3 makes that clear, and we looked at this not long ago. Now, this is eternal life. He's not going to say, here's where you got to go to get it. He's not going to say, here's where it is, so you, when you get there, you'll know it's there. He's not going to tell you how long it's going to last or explain the temporal nature of eternity or the non-temporal nature of eternity. He's going to tell you it's about knowing God. It's about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. It's knowing him. It's a relationship with God. So it's not those things. It's relational. It's God's life imparted to us. Only in relationship to Jesus Christ can you understand the quality of an eternal life. And that's ours now. You enter into it now, and you live it out now. And our vision statement looks like this. To be a church where every person has an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ that leads to eternal living now. A quality of life based on a transformed relationship with him. So that what God wants in the world to happen now, not later, not what he wants later from us, what he wants now, his will and his ways are actually carried out in our everyday lives and in our interactions That's the vision of this church, to live that eternal quality of life. Now, next week, I am going to spend more time teasing that out for us um, as it relates to discipleship and to what it is we're trying to do here as a church. But for now, let me just, again, extend an invitation to you. If you say... No one's ever really taught me how to really be a disciple of Jesus Christ. They shared the gospel with me. I, maybe I understood that. I understand what Jesus has done. I just don't understand what he's done or how what he's done affects me and how I'm supposed to do life every day. That I don't understand. Well, I'm telling you that our church is as ready as it has ever been to help you with that process. 
That's why we have the new connect area. Uh, a number of you have gone back there and said, hey, sign me up as somebody who can train somebody. I could teach somebody how to follow Christ. Now we just need people who want to do it. We got people who are ready to lead. We need people who are ready to become a disciple. And I start one next week with someone. And I, I'm just, I can't wait. And so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited about the possibility of you doing it. Now, in this series, in, in, what, what I'm trying to say is, you may need to begin again, sort of like the disciples did. Just sort of, hey, listen, I need to kind of go back to square one. I know a lot of stuff. I've picked up some stuff along the way, but I've never really been discipled in a way that I feel like I could then go and disciple someone else. Because that's the plan. That's easy to miss. But think about where your life, the trajectory of your discipleship or your followership of Christ right now and ask yourself, am I in a position where I could sit down with a person who just gave their life to Christ and explain to them what it means to follow Christ? Because he'll say, listen, listen, if we're doing anything other than figuring out how to follow Christ, we're not doing the right thing. Amen? We're not doing the right thing. It's not about how to be a great church member. That's not what this book is about. Although I could give some help on that subject. If we need to address it, I could do that. But that's not what, it's not, hey, become the best church member in the world. It's not learn everything you can learn. Just get a bunch of knowledge. So it's about following him. Well, we have a guy in our church who after we talked about Peter and Peter going back and starting over in John 21 and, and him getting you know, reoriented from Jesus. Because when he does go back to Galilee, Jesus helps Peter figure out how to start over. And after the service... Um, it's Bobby Wu. Bobby and his wife Annie are here. You're going to hear from Bobby in just a minute. But Bobby came up and said, man, that's, that's my story. That is exactly me. I had to start over. I started okay, fell off, and then had to start over again. Well, he shared his story with our staff a few weeks ago. And, uh, and I asked him if he'd share it with you now to sort of give you a visual of what that looks like. So would you welcome Bobby and Annie to the. Good morning. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I too loud? <laughs> How's everybody doing? <clears throat> Isn't Pastor Pete great? I listen to his services every. Yeah. Don't do that. Come on, <laughs> Bobby. Yeah, he gets me emotional every Sunday. Uh, I walk out here uh, encouraged and happy, and that's what I needed every week. Um, but not just Sunday, every day. Um, so here's my testimony. My first time to Hillside was in 2008 through an invite by my wife, Annie. Um, after us bumping heads and missing her church events, I visited Hillside to see what the excitement was about. I connect with Steve and Tammy Cole, and they helped me connect to Christ. I gave my life to Christ and got baptized. As years passed, I slowly started to disconnect from the Coles and the church. I wasn't well educated in the Bible and didn't understand it, so I didn't grow in Christ. And before long, I was led back to my selfish, self-sufficient, 
prideful ways. I was back to the life of the party. In 2015, I started to question life as I started to suffer with very painful health issues from、um, severe arthritis diseases. The arthritis is so aggressive that it attacked my Achilles tendon and it ruptured in 2015 of December. I lost everything: my well-paying job, benefits, mobility, investments, and my so-called friends. I was devastated and depressed. In January in 2016, I was sitting on my recliner that I have lived on for six to seven weeks because I had to keep my leg up above my heart level. With no one at home, wife at work, and kids in school, I came to the conclusion of giving up in life. I grabbed my pistol and that with my hand,、um, loaded, finger on the trigger, just staring in the barrel. Just then, my mom came, knocking the door, over to my house to see how I was doing. Quickly, I put the gun up. Act like nothing was going on. We talked a little bit, but as mother's point of view, she knew something was wrong. As she was leaving for work, she said to me in Laotian, "Bok bim by church, da." That means Bobby, you need to go back to church. Curious why she said that, because she's a Buddhist and she doesn't know who Jesus even is. In February, I struggled with pain and mobility issues, but still curious. I said to my wife, "This week we are going back to church." Annie was surprised. She probably thought I was crazy that day or something. <laughs>、um, as we attended service that week, <laughs> Pastor Pete invited the whole congregation to come up to the front to pray. That prayer—it was God. He spoke to me that day. He forgave me. He gave me another chance, and I surrendered. My resurrection happened. My resurrection led me to seek how we can stay connected and where we can serve within the church and the community. <clears throat> we immediately attended the next class, or I guess it's called the Go Discover class now. The experience of the pain and suffering that I faced made me hit rock bottom, and opened the passion for me and my wife Annie to serve. We now have the passion to care for people that are hurting and make meals for people that are sick and shut in. I was also introduced to the D group, which was made of four guys. The D group taught me about the Bible, how to interpret it, gave me the encouragement and the accountability that I, that I believe that everybody needs. Each morning, I get so excited I read scriptures and memorize God's word. One of the verses that I've grown to love is、um, Psalms 119:11. I have hidden your word in my heart, so I may not sin against you. It helps me now as I want to teach my three sons. About Jesus, so one day they too will know about the resurrection. Also, God has given me numerous opportunities to share my story with family, co-workers, and friends, and I get so excited to do so. I have always assumed Christians were perfect because they were always happy. I know now why they are happy. It's because of our Lord Jesus. I'm looking forward to what God has planned for me in the future. Thank you. There's a couple of real distinct differences in Bobby's and Annie's life. One of them is
Uh, they're not just going to come to church and just listen anymore after he, he gave his life to Christ. He got baptized. Those are the high points. Those are the emotional high points of the spiritual life very often. But then if you don't get into connection with some people who can help you understand and tease out what it means to love God and to live that life, you can fade. And, and the truth of the matter is our, our, our faith is vulnerable to fading all the time. You gotta be in connection with community, in community, and you gotta be discipled. You gotta know how to live, the, to follow Christ, and you gotta have somebody in your life helping you do that, and doing it with other people, not by yourself. And he's doing that, and I gotta tell you, it's changing his life, and it's impacting this church radically. His, the, the simple, seemingly dis, two simple decisions. One is, I'm not gonna do this by myself anymore. And number two, I'm not going to focus on my hurt. I'm going to focus on the hurt of other people. Those two simple decisions will radically transform your life. And they're what Jesus taught about discipleship. So uh, that's what this is, has been all about. Well, uh, before we uh, sort of get to the place where we're going to... Uh, you know, bring our promises forward. Let me say a few things about our sightline plan as I shift gears a little bit. Just wanted you to have a real clear window into who we are as a church and what matters to us before we get to this piece. Uh, our building plan is called sightline. That's what we call it. It's just a couple of years ago, an architect drew a red line uh, in a, on a sheet that we had. It's very simple, and we've kept the simplicity of it. It's just a graphic of our property. And then he said, you know, this is the front, this is the front, but you can't see it from there. And we were talking about, uh, he was talking about how we could come up with a plan that creates a new sight line for your church. And that just, man, became a really powerful visual, not just literally for, hey, what would happen if we could move our portables and we could have something here and that you could see, which you'll see in a minute, uh, and give us a little better sight line from the street. And it's also a great metaphorical picture of a sight line of the future of Hillside and what we intend to be as a church as a whole. And so for, uh, for the future, next phases of development, we started building, uh, just so you know, on this property in 2001. We got in that first building on the front of this property in 2002. And then in 2009, we moved into this building. That was eight years ago. And God has done a lot through Hillside since then. And now we're in a position to sort of look forward again and see what God has for us. Well, last year, I told you that we were going to have architects develop a master plan and sort of lay out the next two phases to complete our uh, sort of a, our, our property development. And we have done that. Now, let me just say a couple things before you see it. One of the driving forces behind us getting on the move a couple years ago and really looking at this was that we've been told by the city they're going to widen Ray White Road eventually because they're building that Walmart up there. They're going to cut this road through all the way to Golden Triangle. And so uh, that got us nervous because they didn't know when they were going to do it. They acted like it could happen in six months or six years. They didn't know. And so... Uh, you know, they've just started to build over there. They'll probably break that road through sometime this year, they're saying. When they'll widen this road, that could be any time. I don't know. It could be later. It's likely to be uh, 
Not this year, anyway. But we don't know. Uh, but that got us thinking, because they're going to take the front of the property, going to take a, some of our whole frontage, and they're going to take our office space. So we started thinking, well, we need to figure out where we're going to put offices next then, because that's a priority. They're going to take that building at some point. That's sort of an urgent need. And so our minds got wrapped around that, but as we started to look at the master plan, we realized we have a, a need that's even greater than that and something that matters more to us. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's getting our children in this building is what we would like to do. Uh, we have our discovery zone for our preschool kids over here, but the K through fourth grade, K through, really through fourth grade has to go over there. Fifth and sixth graders, they're a little, they're a little different. We, they can hang over there, but the through fourth grade, we'd like to get them into this building over here if it's possible. So we think that's more of a priority than offices. And so the elders have said to the staff, you just find a corner and live there because you're not the priority. The kids are. So, uh, okay. So that could, that means we're going to make, if they take that building tomorrow, we're just going to figure out a spot to be uh, until the next phase, which will be the build, be the office. So that's sort of how we have prioritized this thing. Uh, the way that is going to be teased out here, uh, and you're going to see it right now, actually, uh, we want to show you a master plan, and we want to show you uh, what that looks like. So I'm going to ask uh, some guys to come forward. I have Jason and Jody coming forward. Uh, Jason is our children's pastor. Jody is our life group's pastor, but he also handles facilities. He's uh, actually very multi-talented, so he can do more stuff. And he's really great with facility stuff at the same time, and so um, he handles that end of things for us as well. And then uh, Matt is our executive pastor. Uh, they're going to walk you through a few things here, and then uh, I'll uh, sort of get out of their way. Here you go, buddy. You want? I'll leave that there. Very good. Change. Okay, so appreciate the transition and setup. Let me, uh, let me go back. Okay, so this is existing. As Pete mentioned, uh, master plan. We're going to get into that. I wanted to give you a little bit of orientation. This is master plan where we sit right now. We're we're here. You guys are here, and that's true north. So everybody good with that? Where we're at? Make sure we're you know square one before we go to square two. So this is existing. What we're looking at is in phase one, and you'll find out we kind of snuck a, a, another phase in there, but this is phase one. So this is what happens when we look at adding a children's wing to this building. As Pete mentioned, getting our, our K through a fourth grade here with us. We'd always talked about back, for those of you guys have been around for a while, we've always talked about adding on to this building and, and the time has come. So this is where we're looking at taking down what I, um, nicely called the Jesus Wall, and that comes down and we uh, connect the children's wing right there. So this is where this building sits on the property right here to the west of the existing building. We also capitalize on the rest of the property. We, we utilize it so, you know, our property goes all the way back to the tree line here. So we looked at putting a recreational area back here. And then we've also talked about increasing the flow of traffic, better flow through the property. And so we've got this drive lane that comes down to connect. So you've got an overall flow of... Uh, 
of the traffic through there. So that's phase one. That's what we're primarily going to talk about today. But what we also wanted to share with you is that we have looked into the future to make sure it all ties together. Pete talked about that time when the road does get widened. And just so you know, what they've told us is, is exactly what Pete has said is, is almost nothing. Basically, they're looking at developing north of 1709 and using those fees or those uh, revenues that they get from that development to widen our roads. So they really don't know when it's going to happen, so we're just kind of in limbo with that a little bit. But let's go ahead and look at phase two. So what does happen in phase two is when, and, and what I've called phase two, is the road widening. So the road gets widened. We end up with some great medians. This is a beautiful boulevard. We get all sorts of great traffic through here, but they do take away some of our frontage and we've removed the portables, and we get this beautiful entrance right here coming in in this area right here. I don't think I showed in phase one. I'm sorry. I skipped over the fact that... You should change that to color red, Jody, because we can't see it on there. You can't see it. Is that better? Nope. There you go. We're good? Hey, okay. there you hey, go. Now much better. It. Okay, so when we did phase one, we've talked about this is this whole, these buildings go away. We now have this sight line to our building back here, and you'll see that in, in a better way here in a few minutes. So that was phase one. Phase two is when the road does get widened. Our entrance changes a little bit. Our portables are down. We have some flexibility now. We lose the house. We deal with those offices however we have to, but it gives us just this beautiful entrance. Phase two may happen around the same time phase one. It's really just when the city comes to us and says, today's your day, so we'll deal with that. So now let's look into the future even further, and what we've looked at to make sure as phase one doesn't shoot us, you know, in the foot, if you will, as we have uh, looked at phase three. And so phase three would be this addition right here on the south side of the building where we would bring our administrative offices down. So that lets us be in that building together. We have a plaza area here that just really connects these two buildings together, and we gain some parking down here as we remove trailers and some stuff down here. So that would be phase three. Now, phase one, again, is really what we're talking about. So to get into that and to really show you what that looks like on the inside, we've got better pictures and we've got a better person to do it. Jason, our children's pastor, is going to show us what that looks yeah, like. Yeah, let me just say this from the very beginning. I mean, isn't it cause for celebration that we're talking about a new children's building, that we've grown to that point? I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> And the truth is, the great thing that I get excited about with this is the truth is our children's ministry has never been about buildings. I mean, we literally operate our children's ministry out of a trailer park. We really do. And we've done a great job. And the truth is, the reason that we can do that is because of you guys. It's because of the volunteers that serve faithfully. I've been here for 11 years, and some people have served here longer than I have. And it's because of those volunteers and the ones that have come on since then, those that are excited about serving into the future. It's because the volunteers, it's because your children are great listeners. They're great learners. They love doing it. They come up to me and give me hugs when I see them on Sunday mornings, and they want to tell me stories about what, what's going on in their lives. Most of them are completely irrelevant to what we've been learning, but some of them are. They're paying attention, and it's awesome. And then it's also because you as parents and grandparents and people at Hillside care about our children. So that's what we've always been about. Now, we've accomplished great things in a trailer park with our children. And I'm a tool guy for me, whether it's a computer and how it operates, 
and an internet connection, Lindsay, and others like that, whether it's how those things operate or it's power tools. You know, we can keep screwing things into the wall with a screwdriver or we can get a power drill and we can accomplish the same thing just much better. Well, that's really what this is about, is we've had tools that we've accomplished great things in over the last couple of years, um, over the last number of years, but we're just looking at a new tool now. That's what we're doing. We're looking at a new tool, all right? So let me show you this. This is the first floor of that. And the way we've designed this tool is to give us as much flexibility as possible. So it gets rid of all the portables, brings all those K through fourth graders up the hill here, and we've designed it kind of in pods. And so you've got one pod there, another pod here. And so what you can see is, is there's a little bit of flexibility. We've got some small group space, some large group space, but even all of those pods that give us some flexibility, we've designed them so that the rooms can be used in smaller settings or in larger. So we've got a video, we wanna show you that video. And this video just kind of shows you how this builds out. So this is one of the sample rooms. I think it's actually the assembly room, there it is. So you can see it there on that middle screen. Um, so with tables, without tables, and then watch what happens. We drop down these like garage doors there. So if the room needs to be smaller, if we need to have breakout space for kids, they can do that there. Um, if the room needs to be bigger for like a mops ministry on Wednesday morning or for an adult meeting, another time during the week, we can just raise those things up and make that work. So that's exciting right there. Then let me show you this on the second floor, another pod right here, and then another pod right, uh, sorry, it goes all the way over here. Um, so those pods, but one of the things that we've designed into all of this is that there's some flexibility between. So you'll see there's a door there. So if one year we got a bunch of first graders and then the next year, so that, so that first grade part of the ministry is really big one year, then the next year, guess what? They all become second graders. It's funny how that happens. And so um, if we need to do that, then we can close off these doors and you know, open up these doors. We, could, we built some flexibility into that space, okay? So in addition to those garage doors that drop down, we've got a ton of flexibility. And we're, we're, we know that what this is gonna allow us to do is not only to get our kids up here to get rid of those tools that we're currently using and maximizing, but really have maxed out, but it also allows us, you know, for the future that if we, if we change some ways how we do ministry or whatever, we've got a ton of flexibility in how we've done that. So that's some of the main details. We do have some other videos. So let's walk you through some of these videos Before we about do that, what it just looks to clarify, like. just so you guys understand this, the way that our topography is out here. Oops, we're showing video, I'm sorry. This is actually second level. Oh, so yeah. you come in on the second level because of our topography, and then you either utilize the second level for your kids and drop them off, or you just go down the stairs into the community space. So that utilizes the existing topography. It makes it pretty cool, it makes it cheaper, all sorts of good stuff. So that's the way that is laid out. I'm so sorry. you can see that on this video. So watch this video that they're gonna put up on the screen. So watch this, there you go. So you can see as you're coming around the existing facility right here, that, um, that piece of the building with the cross on it is just a conception of what it might look like as you're that sideline piece that draws people's attention to us. But hidden behind that is this new children's ring, first floor and second floor. Then the next video will show you what it would be like to come from what's right now the gravel parking lot. So that gravel parking lot, if you've ever parked up there, and you'll see there's a stairwell on this video that's basically where the stairs are right now. So you'd be able to come down into the main building on the outside or on the inside, which the next video will show you that upper lobby and what that upper lobby will look like. So this upper lobby is like a check-in area for children. 
It can also be an entrance into the main lobby going down those stairs that you see right there. And then there's a little um, room that people can come in and kind of greet and hang out if they're brand new as they're first coming into the building. Then if you go down the stairs, the next video will show you what that looks like. And that's kind of this lower lobby, which is just, it's a kind of a cool transition space that you can come in from the outside or from upstairs and then walk down the hall that the next video will show you. And then watch this hall. This is where, this is the one change to our preschool wing. Off to the right down this hallway right now is the space out there that's currently the baby's rooms. Well, that's gonna become kind of a cool cafe um, or just a hangout space that, that'll have kind of some tables and stuff there. And it won't have the babies anymore because they're gonna move to the other side, to Discovery Zone. But then as you come out this, you get revealed into what's our main community space. And you can see the big kid area there. So the next video will show you what that looks like, where if you were to come in through this portion of the building, this is what the entrance conceptually will look like. It won't have those same exact pictures, but it'll be just a cool presentation of, hey, this is what matters to us around here. We love children. We, we want to teach children about who God is, and that's what our heartbeat is. And so we want to make sure that instead of, you know, uh, that, that the presentation of that really stands out is what, is what I want to say. So we're excited about that. We've got one more video, I think, that shows you what that'll look like, um, what the front of that, that space will look like, maybe. We don't have another video. I just dreamed up another video. But can't you imagine what it's going to look like? Can't you imagine how awesome that's going to be in the future when we're able to do the kinds of things that we've done with temporary tools but be able to do them with tools that are much more designed for the way that we teach our children. And I cannot wait. I'm super excited about that. Okay. You good? Go ahead, Mike. You want to say something? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say a couple of things. Uh, one, there are, this building is really cool. Y'all got a little bit of a taste of it. I hope y'all thought it was really cool. Um, we have have it completely in a 3D rendering where we can fly through it and see how it's going to operate, and it's really neat. has a lot of great features. And Jason, of course, was was intimately involved in the design of it to really become that tool that uh, that we need to take the children's program to the next level. Um, the other thing I wanted to say, and Pete kind of alluded to it, is we've been talking about Sightline for a couple of years now, and we've been. Many of you guys who've been here a long time have been giving faithfully to the building for uh, year after year to pay our mortgage and, and do some other things with it. And our, our situation has, uh, you know, after we got into this building, you know, after the 2008 collapse, the financial situation wasn't great. I think everybody who's been here knows that. Everybody who went through that collapse knows that. But it's steadily improved with, by God's grace. And we're in a position now where this is, this is not just some far-off dream, guys. This is a serious thing that we're looking at. And I just wanted to let y'all know that this is, this is a different situation than, this, than the annual campaigns we've had in the last few years. We're moving uh, in a serious way toward actually getting something built that looks something like what we're talking about here today. I just wanted to make that point. So, Okay. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, they've worked very hard to, uh, to bring that to you. Um, I just want to tell you our approach in about a minute and a half, and then, we'll, uh, and then we'll bring the cards forward. But let me just tell you what our approach is to this so that you know. Um, guys, you're going to have to help me. I don't have the clicker, so can you help me with the slides? Uh, the first thing I want to tell you about our approach is um, we're going to do this debt-free. We're not going to borrow money to do it. 
So that means a couple things, all right? Uh, so that means that um, when we get the money, we'll do it. It's exciting, but we're not going to start it ahead of time. We're not going to burden us with that. We're going to do it when the timing comes. Uh, the second thing um, is that in 2018, we were going to do it this year, but we've had way too much. That's the reason I told you about all that we did in 2016, to tell you that we're not ready to launch a full-blown campaign to pull this off right now because it's, a, a formal campaign is overwhelming, but it's necessary. We could never just do this. If we just do it just together whenever it happens without a formal financial campaign, it'll never happen. It's just the way it is. Um, so in 2018, next January, this time, we will launch a two- or three-year campaign that allows us to really raise the money to get this building. In the meantime, our, the third thing that I want to tell you is that we have, uh, for 2013, what are we trying to do? We're trying to do what we always do, pay the mortgage, pay down principal, and continue to collect money uh, in our future building fund. We're doing all three of those for the last couple years, and we're going to do it again this year, okay? This year, there's a little more excitement to it, I will agree, okay? It's a little more exciting, and next year, we'll fully launch a campaign to pull that building off. In the meantime, let's collect anything we can. Let me just tell you something you're going to just really be excited about. Show, go ahead and show the next slide. This is how much we already have in the future building fund, in case you're wondering. Yeah, we're really close to having a million dollars in there already. Let me just say this, because this, this is a little, this is, take a little bit of your breath. Well, I don't mean to spoil lunch, but uh, that's a $5 million building. And so we're coming up on already having a million of it before we even launch a serious campaign for it. If we raise, every year since we've moved into this building, this church has provided about 700, an average of three quarters of a million dollars toward building. If we could make that a million this year, then we will have 1.5 in that by 2018 when we start. We'll have a million and a half dollars already toward a $5 million project before we even launch the campaign. That would be fantastic. And then this is just a matter of God's timing and how he wants to do it, and we'll do it as fast as he wants it done. If you've been holding out on us and you're like, like independently wealthy and you've just been waiting for the right moment, this is it. So if the money comes in in February, we'll have the building in March. All right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> do you do it? Do you do it? God allows. So um, take your card. If, you, if you, somebody can hand me uh, that bulletin right there. Uh, take your card. Let me just give you two things that are really important on this card. This card, uh, when you turn it in, it allows us to sort of get a feel for how we're going to pay this. You know, we've got to pay a certain amount of money every single month and get this and, and plan. So your card really helps us plan as a body. It helps us plan as a church. So even if you've been giving last year and the year before, you just do it. You know, mine just can, I just keep going. Uh, well, then just still let us know because it just helps us plan. There's two things we got to know when you fill out this card besides who you are. One is, what is the total amount you see yourself giving for the year? And how are you going to give it? Are you going to give it once a month? Are you going to give it one time? Uh, as God gives it, we don't, it, just let us know that on this card some way so that we have a feel for how it's coming in. It just makes it easier for our team.
team to plan. So that's what this is about. So what's going to happen is we're going to put these uh, red boxes out right now. Uh, and then um, you just fill it out right now if you're ready. I mean, some of you might not be really ready to fill this out, but if you need a minute, you have it. Fill this out, and in a moment when uh, uh, these guys are going to play, you just come forward and drop it into one of these red boxes that'll be on the stage here. We do this every year. It's a really wonderful moment of, 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 I know, a lot of sacrifice. And... um, and I'm very grateful for it. So um, why don't you just take a moment? You can pray. You can chat a little bit with uh, someone you need to. If you need to talk about it, fill it out. If you need pens, ushers, just run around and uh, hand out pens. They're going to be running through here. So if you need a pen, just raise your hand. Otherwise, uh, just get up whenever you're ready. Come forward, drop it in one of these. Uh, okay? And then I'll come up and close. Every year, you know, we do this, and you're faithful every single year, and I just, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you. Just to see all of us together, unified, envisioned, and sacrificing for it is a great thing. For 21 years in the life of this church, I have watched a group of watched people do that. And I never, it never ceases to amaze me how God provides. I know how hard you work. I know how much you love this church. And uh, it is no small thing to us as a staff, as a leadership. And it makes me feel like our leaders have earned your trust and that means a lot Um, Father we take what's given here and we just put it in your hands and ask you to do we we have plans we know you you can change plans and we'd rather have your plan than ours but we've put this out there Father and we've committed and I just pray for every person in this room who's committed because there will be times of of difficulty, there'll be times of plenty, there'll be times, Lord, when uh, this year, like all years, up and down, we'll see your hand move. I pray for every family in this church, every, every person, Father, that you'll bless their lives, that you'll make, that you'll give them an impact this year spiritually, that they'll draw closer to you, and that uh, you'll continue to corporately bless this church. And, and keep us on track, Lord, focused on the things that matter the most. And we'll pray in Jesus' name. Amen.